Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hardline. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, so patriots assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, if it's that time of the world for you. Uh, here in West Michigan, it is a good evening indeed. We have blue skies. The sun was shining bright. It was a little cool when it was starting to set, but it is still a nice good evening for us. It is Monday, May 15th, 2023, and we are you are tuned in for episode 542. Uh, and again, I am Jason, your co-host with... God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host with the most. They are the ones in the captain's chair. They're at the wheel and they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Again, episode 542. We'll be doing a little reading out of Galatians 1. Um, there's only about five chapters there. So I figured, you know what? We're going to do a reading out of Galatians and then, and then we're going to continue with uh, the Who's Running America Part 6. And this will be the last part. Uh, and that PDF that I've been reading on who's running America. So a um, little bit of housekeeping real quick. So again, if you want to check out the website, um, kind of see some podcasts that are related to the general general assemblies, I have a national assembly link that also links to our Michigan uh, de jure website uh, for the MGJA. There's also a link for the Alaska website, being that Michigan, Alaska are the only two states that are assembled and settled um, but then also there's a link to that you know goes right to national hyphen assembly.net on the main page there is a give send go if you feel so inclined awesome if not do me a favor at least share the show that's all i really care about so that website's www.hishardline.com if you want to send me hate mail it's hishardline at gmail.com hishardline at gmail.com and that's if you want to send me hate mail and spam and you know bad, bad emails about how much, you know, that, that you just can't stand my, you know, the sound of my voice. And, you know, so there you go. And remember, as I always stay here periodically on the podcast, I am not a doctor. I do not wear a white coat. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. I do not give out legal advice. I'm not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. I hope you all, all the moms out there, enjoyed their time. I hope, uh, you know, everybody 
you know, got to get some good breakfast and dinner and, you know, pretty much just, you know, get a little bit spoiled. Um, so I hope everybody had a good weekend and, and you had good time with your kids and your parents. So hope everybody enjoyed that. So if you haven't paid attention to the telegram page, um, I am trying to get better again, as I continuously try to do, we're going to revert back from doing a two show day back to one show where we'll do a little, you know, Bible reading. Some days it might be a full, you know, you know, chapter reading and then a summary and then maybe a little short topical discussion afterwards. Or if there's something pretty relevant, we'll just do a few, you know, verses and then uh, we'll get into the big discussion. But I'm trying to keep my time down to about an hour collectively. I've been trying to do that, but it seems when I break up the show in two parts, it kind of obviously takes, you know, some time away. Um, and then just some, for some reason, when I get on a roll, I just get on a roll. Um, and sometimes I'll go for an hour and a half on the second show alone. So next thing you know, and I'm doing a two hour, you know, collective show, I can't keep doing that guys. That's just, that's, that's uh man, I just can't keep doing that. So I'm trying to keep everything condensed down to one hour or less. So we're going to just, you know, see how this rolls again. Um, but yeah, I'm still, like I said, guys, always trying to find an equilibrium here, trying to find, you know, happy medium, um, and always trying to ever evolve because again, I'm trying to find a good balance for, you know, keep God first, uh, maintaining our wellness, right? Because I got to find and make sure I make time to take care of the body temple because, you know, if I don't have a, you know, healthy body temple, I'm not able to also take care of my family and have fun with my family. And, and of course there's the family aspect. I want to make sure that I don't take too much time away from them. So I'm trying to, again, find that happy medium. So, um, it'll be exciting. Look, it, 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 we switch things up. It keeps things fresh. It's not the same old, same old. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. That's what you're going to get over here at his hard line. Um, so anyways, well, let me just do, do a quick hello to everybody here. Do some shout outs as people start rolling in the chat. We got Rietta. We got Donnie. Hello there in California. My beautiful wife. We got Patriot Beagle Oscar there in Missouri. We have Michelle. We have Paul Federico in Nevada. We got, um, Bob D in Missouri there, Angel Eyes and Liz and Nella. Let's see. Somebody else just came in here and then D Schuster 63. So welcome everybody to the live show. Glad to have everybody here. So let's do this. We're going to get right into the reading first. So we're going to read again, Galatians chapter one. Uh, now this is the uh, first address. This is a greeting. So from Paul, an apostle. Okay. So Paul, an apostle, not from human beings, nor through a human being, but through Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might rescue us from the present evil age in according with the will of our God and father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly forsaking the one who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Not that there is another, but there are some of you who are disturbing or who are disturbing you and wish to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you received, let that one be accursed. Am I now carrying favor with human beings or God? Or am I seeking to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave for Christ. Amen. Now I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from the human being, nor was I taught, but it came through a revelation of Christ Jesus. For you heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it and progressed in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my race since I was even more zealot for my ancestral traditions. But when God who from my mother's womb had set me apart and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him to the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult flesh and blood, 
nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Rather, I went to Arabia and then returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to confer with Cephas and remained with him for 15 days. But I did not see any other of the apostles, only James, the brother of the Lord. As to what I am writing to you, behold, before God, I am not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, uh, Cilicia, and I was unknown personally to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only kept hearing that the one who once was persecuting us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. So they glorified God because of me. And that is the full reading of Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 24. So again, I read that out of uh, BibleGateway.com. And then the summary is out of BibleRef.com. Again, the reference here for the summary is BibleRef.com. So as we kind of read Galatians, it begins more abruptly than most of Paul's other letters in the New Testament. Now, rather than given an extended prologue, Paul launches immediately into his reasons for writing. And this reason is directed to believers in the religion of Galatia, also known as Asia Minor. Now, Paul identifies himself and makes a quick defense of the fact that he is, in fact, an apostle because Jesus Christ and God the Father made him one. He's not a man-made or a self-made apostle. So apparently, Paul's credentials were under attack in Galatia. A group known as the Judaizers were trying to persuade those who believed in Christ after hearing the gospel from Paul that they were not truly saved. So the Judaizers said to you know said that they must also follow the law of Moses and their message was in essence to add a component of works and I say that in quotes and works to the requirements for salvation but see Paul was furious when he heard some of the Galatian Christians were actually starting to believe this because they had so joyfully received the good news that Jesus died to pay the full price of their sin that Paul is astounded by how quickly they are deserting Christ to follow this other gospel. So Paul quickly clarifies, there's no other gospel, only a distortion of the true gospel. And with all of his authority as an apostle, Paul declares that anyone who teaches any other gospel other than the one that Paul taught is accursed or eternally condemned. See, that stands even if Paul himself or an angel from heaven would try to teach them a different gospel. And Paul stands on the truth that salvation comes by God, God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ's payment for our sins on the cross. And so to defend the true gospel, Paul must also defend the fact that he is truly an apostle. In the New Testament terms, an apostle was someone who spent time with Jesus and was officially sent by Christ to be his representative in the world. Now, the Judaizers apparently were saying that Paul didn't qualify, and he wasn't one of the original 12 disciples. In fact, they even said to him that you know, he was merely taught by those other apostles, giving him no authority to speak for Christ on his own. But see, Paul answered their charges by showing from the story of his life before and after his conversion that none of the other apostles trained him. Instead, Christ was revealed to him, as was the truth of the gospel of the grace of God. And so Paul emphasizes that he knows just as much about Judaism as any other or any of his accusers. After all, he is, you know, he persecuted and tried to destroy Christianity as zealots, or excuse me, as zealous young Pharisee. But then God showed his son to Paul. And everything changed. And Paul understood that he had been selected even before his birth to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, after his conversion, he didn't go to the apostles. He went off by himself for three years, coming to know the truth of the gospel through special revelations from God. And even after that, he preached in Syria and Cilicia, or Cilicia for a time. And though he had met with Peter and Jesus' brother James at one point, he was unknown in the region around Jerusalem and Judea. And all that was known about him was the radical change from Jesus' persecutor to Jesus' preacher. And Paul stands on the fact that he is indeed an apostle in every sense of the word. And the Galatians 
can trust his message. And that's the, uh, that's the summary. And I tell you what, what a miraculous switchover from being, you know, a, a Jesus persecutor, right? Persecuting Christians to now being the preacher of, you know, God's word, Jesus's word. I mean, what an amazing, amazing transformation. Now I'm, went kind of through a similar transformation, not quite like that, but you know, I will say if you would have known me six, seven or eight years ago, and you would have compared the old me of then to the new me of now, right. The rebuilt and, um, you know, resurrected, right. I, cause I, the old me died and then new me resurrected up. You wouldn't have known you wouldn't, i tell you this, you would not recognize who I was past five years ago, even four years ago. You guys would not recognize me. You'd be like, there's no way that is you. Like if you had a time machine and you went back in time and you met the old me, you guys would be like, no way that's you. But that's what God does. He, when, if you really want transformation or he calls you to be transformed, right? He will do it. He will absolutely do it. <clears throat> so anyway, so speaking of Paul's letter, our buddy, Buddy Brown, you know, the one that I play, uh, he has those uh, little shorts that on YouTube, Lessons from a Southerner. So he actually had something very interesting to say. Here's a one-minute short. It's called If the Apostle Paul Wrote a Letter to America. Let's give this a quick listen to here. If the Apostle Paul saw the church in America today, we'd be getting a letter. And I think it goes something like this. Evil is sometimes the best medicine for Christians. America was a Christian nation 40 years ago. That's great, it ain't now. See, there's people who are freaking out about losing cultural Christianity. Well, I can't wait to get it gone. The real reason the modern world is turned off to the gospel isn't because of Jesus. It's because of the fake cultural Christians inside that building. So I say, strip it down, make it unpopular, make it hard, remove your tax deductions, have the very act of following the Lord make you a complete outcast in society because then and only then will we see who ain't playing church games. I would rather sing a hymn in a living room with five people, five real voices, than be in an arena with 10,000 people singing a chorus that never lifts above the ceiling. Wow, I tell you what, that was powerful. That was pretty powerful. I got to tell you, uh, he's right. You take you 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 take all your tax deductions, right, for for contributing in the in the in the collection plate. You take away all that. You take away. You strip everything down, right, and you make you make following Christ so hard that it makes you become a social outcast, right? You become somebody that's like, oh, that, that guy is definitely a Bible thumping Jesus freak. You take all that away. I mean, let's play that again. I mean, that was pretty powerful. Let's listen to that one more time. That's how powerful this is. Pay attention. The Apostle Paul saw the church in America today. We'd be getting a letter. I think it goes something like this. Evil is sometimes the best medicine for Christians. America was a Christian nation 40 years ago. That's great. It ain't now. See, there's people who are freaking out about losing cultural Christianity. Well, I can't wait to get it gone. The real reason the modern world is turned off to the gospel isn't because of Jesus. It's because of the fake cultural Christians inside that building. You hear that? The fake cultural Christians inside that building. You see, you get so many people out there. And look, I'm not trying to shame anybody because I used to be one of those people. I, I always said, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I did not have a good, intimate relationship with Christ. I did not invite him in my heart. I did not ask for the Holy Spirit to work through me on a daily basis. Um, I never asked him to be in my marriage. I was one of the biggest hypocrites out there as well as many others out there. People have really no flipping clue what it's really truly like to be a Christian. And quite frankly, I don't think I even know. I'm still learning. But there's a lot of fakies out there that want to say, oh, I'm a Christian. Look at how good I'm doing. I am. I put in $100 a week in the collection plate. I go to church every Sunday. I say my hallelujah, my our fathers, and I go receive the sacraments. I am just doing peachy keen. Strip it down, make it unpopular, make it hard, remove your tax deductions, have the very act of following the Lord make you a complete outcast in society because then and only then 
where we see who ain't playing church games. I would rather sing a hymn in a living room with five people, five real voices. That's right. Than be in an arena with 10,000 people singing a chorus that never lifts above the ceiling. That's right. I'd rather be in a living room with five or even two real people than being in a whole church, a whole arena, right? Like them freaking mega churches that you see on TV, Joel Olstein, right? That he's an evil one. Well, 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 that's a different story for a different day. But my point is, is, you know, I don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of fake, you know, you know, wannabes, right? People who, who want to do, uh, like they call it what drive through gospel, right? Drive through Sunday church. No, you see, this is one of the reasons why I enjoy Now, Look, I, I'll be straight with you guys. I don't go to church every Sunday. You know, if I found a good church, I would. But see, there's two there's two things here wrong. I shouldn't say wrong. One, my work schedule. So I'm at work at 2.30 in the morning. All right. I'm starting my shift at 2.30 in the morning on a Sunday. And the only other church service that I used to go to, which was a Catholic church service, um, is on Saturday evening. But see, I'm just not really a big fan of going to that anymore. But see, me personally, I'm trying to find that church that can, if there was a church that w did not subscribe to the, you know, the 501c3 model, right? And the, uh, and, and they were, you know, and they were, you know, doing services on a sun, on a Saturday night, I'd be going that all day long. But unfortunately you got so many churches out there that are part of that 501c3 model that do want to, you know, that, that just because of that, they're, they are muzzled on what they can and can't preach. It's like if you want to have that 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 status, right? That tax status, you, there's certain things you can't you can't talk about. I like how Oscar puts it right here: Burger King Church, you can have it your way. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, but this is why I really like doing the you know I like doing the this is why I like doing the podcast on a daily basis, right? With one day off a week, typically. Um, this is why I like doing a Bible reading again, because we have to keep God first. It, and like, I like what Paul Federico even says right here, because Jason church's brotherhood. You have that here with us. You know, I doubt John the Baptist was a church or temple going fellow. And he's right. And I like what Paul says, because that's exactly how I feel when I do this podcast. I love coming here every single day because I do feel like I get that fellowship with you guys. I love this, um, this platform. And like Rietta was saying, it's not a building. It's right. We are the temple. We are the church. What, what, what does it say in the Bible, right? Where two or more are gathered, he is there, right? And so that's why I really enjoy doing this on a daily basis because it, it, it far supersedes just going that once a week. And look, I'm not saying going to church is bad. If I found a good church, I would be going. I would be going on top of doing this. But at the end of the day, though, I tell you, I like what Buddy Brown says. Now, kind of to to pivot a little bit, Buddy Brown, he he's got something else here too. I want to send this guy an email. I, I don't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I gotta see if I can maybe get him on the show. He probably not because you know he's big and famous. You know, YouTube famous. But you know, it doesn't hurt to send an email. But I like what he talks about here when he's talking about uh, guns. Gun. He he talks about guns in 60 seconds. Give this a quick listen to. I like what he says here. Says Americans are running around with weapons of war. Here's how you educate these dumbasses. If you think AR stands for assault rifle, you probably also think that squirt guns are lethal at 15 feet. The civilian AR does not have select fire, which is being able to go back and forth between semi-auto and fully automatic. AR came from Armalite Rifle, which was the original manufacturer back in the 1950s. Now, Biden says ARs shoot extreme calibers, which is wrong. They shoot 223s, which is a glorified pea shooter. He said that when the Second Amendment was written, you weren't allowed to own a cannon. That's a lie. You were. He also said that guns are the number one killer of children in America today. That's a lie. It's motor vehicles. So just educate yourself. The term assault weapon is a propaganda term used by liberals with extraordinarily tiny peckers to make you scared <laughs> of guns. So if you use that phrase, we will know that you don't have a damn clue what you're talking about. And preach it, buddy Brown. Preach it, man. I tell you what, that guy, he knows what's up. I love this guy. This guy is great. And thanks to Destry. Destry is the one that started sending me some videos on Buddy Brown. I was like, damn, like, this guy's actually on point with everything he says. This guy is straight up speaking truth. 
you know, he's a good old boy from Mississippi. He sings country music. He does these one minute shorts. I mean, these guy, this guy is, is on point. I mean, he really is. This guy is really on point. Um, here's one more video before we get into a little audio clip, before we get into the final part of who is running America. Um, just a few days ago, I, I was playing a video of a woman who does like homesteading. I, I was saying that this girl, it's the same girl. I was saying that this woman is like my wife, 100% with everything she does. Here's another video. My wife sent me on the same lady, right? Again, she's an awakened woman. Everyone thinks she's a conspiracy nut job, right? But she's all about like holistic stuff, right? Just give this a listen. I did <laughs> this woman. Let me pull this up. Hold on one second. Let's see if it'll play here. I have such a headache today. Well, you know, they did spray the chemtrails yesterday. You know, they're trying to poison us, right? Kids, no, we're not going to McDonald's because it's human meat. They grind up little babies. We're just not going. We're not. No. Hey, hey, don't move over my dandelions. I need them for teas and salves. And the bees. Babe, we should probably start hiking and learning that public land down there just in case China or you know, the zombie apocalypse hack happens. And we wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I already played that for you. Hold on. There's a different one that my wife sent me. Hold on. Let me find that. There, where, where was that? Gosh almighty. Hold on. I have it here. Hold the phone. I got it right here somewhere. I thought I had it. Now I don't. Hold on. I got to go to my wife's text message here and find it. Now, I already played that on Mother's Day. Where is it at? Now I'm going to struggle to find it now. Where are you? Is this it? Let me see. Uh, yeah, this is it. Those are definitely chemtrails. That's probably why our allergies suck right now. <laughs> Babe, did you know that we're supposed to be sleeping with our mouth closed? So I ordered some mouth tape. You think the kids will notice if we tape their mouths closed when they're sleeping? Babe, you know what I just thought of? She's probably acting out because it's going to be a full moon. You know, parasites are the most active during a full moon. I need to order another protocol. It's called dry brushing. It's supposed to help with lymphatic drainage and boost collagen production. It's like basically anti-aging. Babe, no, I didn't order more supplements. This company just sent it to me. It's supposed to help with libido, so. Babe, I found this recipe that we need to try whole lemons, olive oil, cayenne pepper, a little bit of honey. It will heal basically anything. Babe, did you know that I learned that black seed oil can heal basically anything? Yeah, I know. Castor oil and borax and bee propolis and royal jelly can too. But isn't that amazing? I already ordered some. Babe, I thought we decided that we'd get rid of all the plastic containers. Babe, just a pinch of sea salt in your water. Natural electrolytes. <laughs> Oh, um, my wife, when she found this video, she was like, why can't I find a friend like that around here? Because everybody thinks we're a bunch of nutty nut jobs, you know, doing what we do, you know, doing our little gardening thing with our little copper coils going around looking like a Tesla freaking electric, you know, harnessing, you know, backyard. I mean, it's just funny. <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is, though, is there are people starting to wake up around our neighborhood, especially our neighbors across the street who we're friends with. We, they're the ones that we go and we do escape rooms with each other. They're, they're like the couple that they're actually pretty cool, right? Like he's a computer program and she's a stay at home mom. And they have two kids a little younger than Haven, but they all play well together. Um, but, um, the wife <clears throat> that my, my, my wife is friends with, excuse me, <clears throat> but, um, the woman across the street that my wife is friends with, <laughs> she was saying that like, she's starting to wake up to other things. She's like, yeah, she's slowly being red pilled. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, she's starting to really understand and she's looking more into the whole, uh, adrenochrome thing. And like, she's like, you know, starting to wake up to that. And somehow uh, something about like fast food got brought up. Right. Um, because, I forgot how it got brought up. I it, it really is a story my wife needed to tell. But basically, the, the it, this conversation kind of went like this. She was asking, like, do you guys still eat fast food? My wife's like, no, we don't. 
she goes, well, when was the last time you guys had McDonald's? Cause I heard really bad stuff of what they put in their meat at McDonald's. And my wife's like, well, I'm not quite sure. I want to give you that answer. Oh, here it is. So my wife just chimed in right here in the chat. She said she was asking me what truths I knew about. And she asked about McDonald's. In fact, hold on. You know what? Um, no, I'm not going to put her on the spot. I won't do that. But yeah, so she was asking about McDonald's. Ah, what the hell? You know what? It's fun to do that. And we're going to, I'm going to call you, babe. Let's see. We're going to call the wife. We're going to bug, bug the wife hour. Here we go. Oh, she said it's too loud. Never mind. Okay. Okay. That's right. She's outside with the kids. But anyway, so she was asking, she was asking about McDonald's and when the last time it, you know, that we ate McDonald's. And she goes, it's been years. Like, we don't eat there anymore. And she goes, why? Is it because what they put in the meat? And she's like, well, yeah, uh, among other things. And she's like, yeah, I heard they put, like, foam. And and my wife's like, no. <laughs> no, it's not foam. She goes, well, what do they put in it? She goes, I don't know if I'm really willing to tell you that because it's a pretty hard one. Um, and she's like, oh, no, I can I can handle it. You need to tell me. And she goes, okay. She goes, you know how you discovered the adrenochrome thing? She goes, yeah. She's like, well, those babies, they got to go somewhere. And she said that her jaw just dropped to the ground, like no freaking way. Now, again, there's really no, just for the record, so I don't get hate mail on this. People are like, oh, you don't have any confirmation on this. You're right. I don't. I don't. But, you know, there is a lot of speculation and there's, it seems to be a lot of stuff that that does point to those, you know, to those, um, how should I say that does point to that actual realization. Um, listen, that meat, whatever they put in that meat, it's disgusting. It doesn't mold. It doesn't rot. Quite frankly, it smells disgusting. It smells like rotting flesh. So it really wouldn't surprise me. You know, these big corporations are evil, you know, and, and that's the other thing. See, I don't know if people realize this. There's this thing called the H.E.K. I think what is it? H.E.K. 293. Uh, I don't know if people know what that is, but that those are those are um, it's basically. Cells from a, a what is it, a fetus liver or kidneys, I think it's kidneys. And it's been said, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly. I have to do some more research on this, but they use HEK-293. Again, it's basically fetal cells, but from a kidney, I believe it is. Um, in food in food flavorings and stuff like that, they put it in food, certain food. And there's so many people like, no, that's bullshit, bullcrap. There's no way. There's no way. It's like, well, okay, first off. Let's do a little research on it, but let's look at something else. If they put fetus cells, baby, right, aborted baby cells in vaccines, you don't think they wouldn't put this crap in our food? I mean, these people are evil Luciferians. Of course they would. But yet everybody wants to say, oh, no, 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 no. They would never do that. That's disgusting. And they would get sold out or they would get, you know, revealed. And then, you know, there'd be a lot of lawsuits. It's like, I don't know, would there? Because as we're about to, you know, you know, read further into who's running America, you know, these bar lawyers and international bankers, they're all, they're all part of the same party and they're all a bunch of evil Luciferians. I mean, they're, they're, they're scumbags. Destry was just saying right here in the chat, there is a Big Mac meal that has been on a shelf for 30 years now, and it still looks like the one that was served today. That's sick. Yeah, that's uh, that's sick. It says, yeah, if mold can't grow on it, neither can I. That's right. So now let's get into the last part of who's running America. So here we're going to get into what's called the Lawyers Guild. Okay. Now here's what happens. The American Bar Association is a franchise of the Lawyers Guild of Great Britain. Not sure if you knew that. And the American Bar Association is not connected pr uh, primarily with what happens in any case on the local level. But however, when a case leaves the local level by that is meant that the state you know, court or city court or the uh, justice of the peace or even the federal court, and it goes right to the appeals court, 
it would appear that the American Bar Association takes a notice of the case. Now, it would seem that the American Bar Association must have an agreement that any action brought on appeal must be reviewed by the American Bar Association. Now, if this is true, it would make sense. How else would the American you know, Bar Association, which is a branch of, law, of the Lawyers Guild of Great Britain, which is a legal arm, by the way, of the Rothschild dynasty, be able to monitor and administer the corporate bankruptcy? Think about it. It would appear that the American Bar Association would be compelled to review, uh, review all appeal cases and to make certain that any case brought under common law or the constitutional law that would expose the bankruptcy would be immediately stamped on the back that would say, and I quote, this case is not to be cited or published, end quote. And so it's believed that this is the stamp, you know, the, that the stamp origin and purpose of the stamp message in this particular case and the Justice Department may be able to do that in Washington, D.C. Now, we can't see where any judge or lawyer could have the authority to stamp or label the case as one not to be cited for future cases. Now, I think that that is an official stamp from the American Bar Association. Now, as we kind of get into the bankruptcy accounting system, kind of addressing, you know, Mr. or Ms. Law student now. Now, if you're still attending classes, right, and you're, you have a good professor, ask him or her about just where the stamp comes from that you've seen on many cases. Ask him, where did that come from? Just who put it on the paperwork and just who authorized the citation restriction? Ask. Just who is tampering with the law? See, there is one thing that's certain. The creditor and his agents are watching these cases very carefully. It's called IRS Incorporated. See, the creditor and his agents must balance their books. So when you think of the IRS, be aware that the IRS is an agent of the creditor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the corporate international bankers, okay? Again, the IRS is an agent of the creditor, which is the corporate international bankers. Now, this is just one of the bankers' stateside agencies. Now, the General Accounting Office, or the GAO, is another agency that they use for this country. Now, this is where all the accounting goes on to keep track of all the debt. Now, all states have to send reports to Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. has to send reports to the GAO. Now, take a look at your state's comptroller annual report to the governor of your state. Now, I found it in the library, or we. it says right here, in the, it says, he said, I found it in the library located in the city of the corporate state capital. Now, if you look under trust fund, for each state subcorporation, like the state courts, IRS, banks, education, etc., you will be amazed at the amount of money being pumped into the trust fund from various corporate state department revenues. All revenue is referred to as taxes and fines, fees, licenses, etc. You know, bills of attainder. And there are millions and billions of your hard-earned worthless Federal Reserve note dollars being held in trust. And this money is being siphoned off into the coffers of the international bankers while the corporate government officials are hounding you for more and more tax dollars. Do you see why, ladies and gentlemen, we need to get our assembly of states? These people are criminal thieves. And all this accounting system is not so that the people will know what is going on, but this accounting reports are for the bankers and creditors to keep tabs on just where the collections are coming from. The bankers want to know if the bankruptcy debt payments are coming in and just how much and from what sources. See, this accounting is the purpose between M1, M2, M3, M4, and M5. All this accounting is closely monitored. Now, maybe every day, but at least one, maybe not every day, but at least once a week. Now, these M's are the reports of the amounts of money in circulation. Now, the amount of debt out there and the amount of credit out there 
the floating of debt in the form of bonds, there are five different categories. Now, the system had to come into existence in order for the creditors to be on top of the bankruptcy at all times. And this system allows the creditors to figure out and know exactly what is going on in their domain. And so now it all makes sense. Don't the bankers hire bill collectors? Creditors hire bill collectors to snoop around and and to see, you know, why you're not paying. See, they want they want to know how much you are going to pay so they can figure out how much you will be coming in. How much will they collect? And they know, they want to know who will pay and who won't. You see, the whole system is nothing but credit and debt and the World Credit Union. So here's what's going to be likely, you know, what's going to, you know, quickly happen internationally. See, all the governments around the world are going to unite. They will create one big giant credit union for collecting the debt for the international bankers. We have allowed ourselves to get into this very sad situation, but that is the way it is. So the ultimate result of shielding men from the effects of folly is to fill the world with fools. And that was from state tamperings with money banks. That was by Herbert Spencer. And this, ladies and gentlemen, you could say is your, would be your new world order of the bankers, by the bankers, and for the bankers. See, this is why we need to assemble our states. See, it's not just to free ourselves from all this financial burden that they have laid on us and has, you know, they've enslaved us on. We have to get rid of this system because it is being controlled by only a few, a few thousand. We have millions, billions. We should have the ability and the intellect and the know-how to squash these little scumbags. This is why we have to assemble our states, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of the world is watching America. Well, Jason, why are they watching America? We're nothing special. At the moment, no, but they, are, they know that there is a small group of people out here. Yes, a very small group of people, right? Maybe you would consider the three percenters, if you will. And no, I'm not talking about the militia, so shut up. I'm talking about fine men and women who are real patriots, who really want to see a restored republic, a constitutional republican form of government who is trying to stand up and reassemble their states to help stand up our assemblies. And we need 38 states. This is why we are doing what we are doing. So we can squash these few thousand snakes that are known as bankers and bar lawyers. This is what we have to do. But see, until you get up off your ass, and you start self-educating yourself and start figuring out, okay, what's going on in my state? Let's just say you're in Nebraska. What's going on in Nebraska? I don't know. Well, here's how we can start finding out. Let's just say I'm Joe Sixpack and I live in Nebraska, right? All right, I'm going to go to www.national-assembly.net. All right. And let's see, where are we going to go here? Let's, let's do this. We're going to run through this a little exercise. www.national-assembly.net. Okay, I'm Joe Sixpack in Nebraska, right? How do I know what's going on in my state? All right, well, now I'm at national-assembly.net. There's this link called Forums and Blogs. So I'm going to click on that, and I'm going to go to Forums. Okay, well, now what, Jason? I'm, I'm at Forums. It seems like a lot of stuff I got to read here. No, 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 no. Just scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a sub section there. It's called the fifty states, the fifty nation equal states. So you scroll all the way down past, you know, Michigan and past Minnesota and Mississippi and Missouri and Montana. Oh, there we go, Nebraska. And you click on Nebraska. Let's click. What's going on in Nebraska? And there is some, you know, where you can actually. There's some historical documents there, but you could start a chat. Now, if there's nothing going on there. You could also email me 
or start a thread here on the website at national-assembly.net. And Destry is the admin, you know, the administrator of this website, and he's always looking after, you know, the chat and seeing what's going on. So it's very active. And so if you want to know how to stand up and reassemble your state, you can either do a little quick forum chat here, or you can just email hishardline at gmail.com. Again, hishardline at gmail.com. Put in your state in the subject line, and then in your you know in the body of the email, just put your first and last name, what state you're in, and a basic phone number. I will forward you to the proper people to maybe help you get situated in how to stand up your assembly. See, if your assembly is not already going in your state, be that one. Be the one that actually gets going, get gets it going. So, you know, you, you can't just sit on the sidelines and expect other people to do it. All right. Sometimes you got to do the hard work. Yeah, but Jason, I, I'm busy. I got kids. You know, I got a nine to five. You know. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. I got a kid, too. I got a 2.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. The hell with your 9 to 5. That's like part-time work for me. Yeah, but Jason, I like to go golfing with my buddies on Saturdays. Yeah? Well, there's a lot of crap I'd like to do, too. But you know what? When, you know, it's not like an every weekend thing. Look, we have an a face-to-face in-person state meeting once a month and then your county meeting, right? And then you got your phone calls, but it's not a full-time job. And yes, it's, you know, every, everybody, you know, everybody's got different stages. I think that's why we have a lot more older people that do this because they all have a lot more freer time. But see, I see so many people, they get involved and then they fall to the wayside and they're like, nah, I don't see anything happening. Well, are you getting involved to watch other people work? Are you getting involved to actually do and help with the work? You know? Look, it's okay if you have a busy life and you can't do it. That's fine. But if you can't do it, don't be sitting there bitching and moaning about, oh, I can't believe what's going on with our government. Blah, 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 blah. Boo, hoo, hoo. Stop crying. Stop complaining about it. Now, unless you're willing to get up off the sidelines and and throw the popcorn in the trash, shut up. Stop complaining. Exactly. Like Paul Federico says, everyone is is busy. And the difference is is we either stop playing and complaining and, and pay attention to what controls our lives because that's what adults do. That's right. Look, the assembly is not for everybody. I get it. Okay. We can't have all of America jumping on board to be in the assembly. That's not really how that would work. But if you're someone who really is sick and tired of being sick and tired, well, join the conference call every Thursday at 9 p.m. Email the show, hishardline at gmail.com, and just say, hey, Jason, what's going on in my state? How can I get involved? And then I will forward your email to Destry up there in Alaska. He's been, he's the one that kind of helps connect to people and will help walk you through. All right. Where you got to start with is get 30 people or more gathered in a room. Okay. 30 plus people, at least 30 to get your assembly going. There's a handbook on the website called 10, 10 Steps to an Assembly. Focus on the first three steps. Step one, step two, step three. Don't go to step seven. Don't go to step four. Do not pass and you know, do not pass go and collect $200. You know, don't, you know, none of that. Okay. Just focus on step one, two, and three. So anyway. So there you go. All right. So we're going to end this on a prayer. I do appreciate that all for the 15 minute countdown here. I am trying to get better at this because I do want to, like I said, trying to be a little bit more structured with my time, but I kind of like this, you know, not, you know, ending the other one and then starting a new show because that gets to be kind of a pain in the butt. I like this. I like this a lot. Actually, I feel like I need a different intro now. I need to make a new intro. 
So anyways, ah, what a, what a, what a day. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. And we thank you for the warm weather that's now starting to kind of, you know, spread across this country. I know up there in Alaska, they're, they're, they're starting to get uh, all their snow starting to melt and it's turning into one big muddy mess up there. So we thank you for spring and summer. And we thank you for the many blessings that you bring forward into our life. And thank you for this country. Thank you for the people who want to get involved with protecting and saving this country. We know that you call everybody for different things. And we just pray that you continuously call those who have a dying, you know, a burning desire to help restore this republic. Please call those people and, and have them, you know, report to the battle lines because we need them. We ask for your forgiveness as a nation. And we also ask not only just for your forgiveness, but we ask for your guidance because we can't move forward without repenting of our sins, humbling ourselves, getting down on both knees and turning to you and truly recognizing and glorifying you. Because if we don't do that, how are we ever supposed to expect your blessing on this great land? And Rietta adds here, Father, we thank you for today. Please hear our prayers, spoken and unspoken. We ask for forgiveness of our sins against you. Please guide us each day. Help us to be bold and not back down to righteous, to be righteous. And thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. And amen in Jesus' holy name. Restore our nation. Protect the children. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, we are firm, we're steadfast, and we are uncompromising over here at the His Hardline community. We have to hold the line. We have to continue to fight for what's right. Right? We have to always fight for the deaf, the blind, the the voiceless, the orphans, the widows, the elderly, right? The weak. That's what the people in assembly are. Not all of them. I'll be honest with you. Not all people in the assembly are there for that reason. There's some people in there that are trying to obfuscate and infiltrate and try to destroy the progress of the assembly. And make no mistake, those SOBs will go down and they will be purged. So I guess let me... Stand correct. Not everybody is in it to, you know, for those reasons. But by and large, there are good majority of men and women who are in the assembly. And you know what? <clears throat> I haven't done this yet, or I haven't done it since I spoke about it. But do you guys have a word? Let's, before we get to the one hour mark, <clears throat> do you have a word that we can look up in the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary? Because I do want to do that. I feel like that's very important. Does anybody have a really relevant word that you think would be good? I got the dictionary up right now. Is there a word? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick from the crowd here. Throw a word at me and we'll look it up in Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. Because that's where a lot of our founding fathers... Um, you know, I shouldn't say founding fathers because it was after, you know, the constitution, and all that stuff, but you know, that was a dictionary of that time. So let's see here. I'm going to go with the first one right here. Cause it was the first one that came up right up. Um, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do two of them. So we'll do covenant first. So, all right. Covenant. Search covenant. It's a noun. So there's four definitions. The first definition says a mutual consent or agreement of two or more persons to do or to forbear some act or thing, a contract, a stipulation, a covenant is created by deed in writing, sealed and executed, or it may be implied in the contract. Definition two, a writing containing the terms of agreement or contract between parties or the clause of the agreement in a deed containing the covenant. Definition number three, 
In theology, the covenant of works is that implied in the commands, prohibitions, and promises of God and the promise of God to man that man that man's perfect obedience should entitle him to happiness. This do and live that do and die. Definition number four. In church affairs, a solemn agreement between the members of a church that they will walk together according to the precepts of the gospel in a brotherly affection. And then, of course, it can be a transitive verb. It means to enter into a formal agreement, to stipulate, to bind oneself by contract. A covenant, uh, a covenants with B to convey to him a certain estate. So we'll look up one more. So Patriot Beagle put in here barren. That's a good one. Let's look up barren. A barren. In Great Britain, a title or degree of nobility, a lord, a peer, one who holds the rank of nobility next below that of a viscount and above that of a knight or a baronet. Originally, the barons, being the uh, feudatories of princes, were the proprietors of land held by honorable service. Hence, in ancient records, the word barons comprehends all the nobility. All such in England had, in early times, a right to sit in Parliament, as a baron was the proprietor of a manor, and each manor had its court baron, hence the barons claimed, and to this day enjoy the right of judging in the last resort, a right pertaining to the House of Lords or peers as the representatives of the ancient barons, landholders, and manor holders. Ah. And then here's a second and third definition. Second definition is the title of a certain officer as barons of the uh, exchequer, who are the four judges who try cases between the king and his subjects relating to the revenue. Barons of the click ports are members of the House of Commons elected by the seven click ports, two for each port. And these ports are Dover, Sandwich, Romney, Hastings, uh, Hythe, Winchelsea and Rye. And then the third definition says, in law, a husband as Baron and Femi, uh, Femi, husband and wife. Interesting. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We got definition of covenant and Baron. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking with us through all the different changes of the podcast and the different, you know, just the different things that we're doing. We're constantly ever evolving. Um, Again, I'm just doing my best to make more time for my family at the same time, get to bed at a reasonable time uh, while maintaining my health, because I just need to make sure that I keep an equal balance of all that. And at the same time, not wear myself so thin that I don't want to do this show. So I really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And until then, or the next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, don't forget to share this podcast far and wide and the website www.hishardline.com and if you want to know more about the National Assembly it's www.national-assembly.net God bless ladies and gentlemen Time to wake up No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost.
You're not a nice person. We don't need nice. That's true. But actually, I am. I think I am a nice person.